Hi, I'm Justin Boyd. Hi, I'm Franklin Cooper. And we are the Watchers in the Basement. Welcome to the Watchers in the Basement. We are here today to discuss Season 4, Episode 6 of Succession. The episode's titled Living Plus. And Frank, I mean, don't the, the Living Plus product, doesn't that sound great? Like, don't you want to, like, live in a luxury retirement home that's, like, basically going to potentially extend your life, eternal life? I mean, it sounds good to me. I, I wasn't sure if I was watching Secession or a spinoff of The Matrix. Um, they're, they're talking about eternal life and extension of life. I'm like, bro, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> and like, I don't know, man. Kendall is like, he gets more weird and, and off the reservation as the seasons go by. Yeah. No, I, uh, I loved, uh, you know, that's the product they're pitching is this living plus this luxury like luxury housing for like assisted living for you know elderly people and i like how he was like you know he he branded it as like you know we're gonna warehouse the elderly and like pitch them content or you know pitch them content and suck them dry or whatever it was just like a i don't know they're so funny on this show with how they describe everything and uh so yeah so good episode well what are your overall thoughts before we get started here I might be in the minority, man. So when the scene, when the show opened up with Logan, this is how I knew I missed him. When I saw the opening scene with the green screen of Logan reading off the teleprompter, I automatically got emotional. Like I just, I just, I miss him. I miss his, I miss his arrogance. I miss his subtle racism. I, I, it's kind of like Tony Soprano. I don't know if you've seen Sopranos. Like, He's a shitty character, but like he's just TV gold. That's how I feel about Logan Roy. He's TV gold every time he's on TV. And um, my concerns about the show prior to like post death was are the writers going to do something with these three characters, meaning the kids, to where evolution happens? And um, for me, it's just been more of the same of the immaturity, the in. In over their head mentality of like how they're trying to operate this business with this waystar or atn or life plus and like for me i think the writers are insulting my intelligence because i say that because and i, I know i know we'll get into it later on in the show but like the speech the speech the ted talk to the investors whoever it was not a good speech it was horrible but again, that's that's pretty much on spot of what how Kendall is. He's he's not he's always over his head. He's not prepared. He's just green. And for the writers to to sit there and portray this as a quality persuasion segment for him, I was offended. Like this is not good. And like and like I, I don't know when it's going to get better as far as like, the kids taking like the kids like maturing or whether it's just Matson or a, a third party comes in and takes Waystar. I, I just, I've been very, I've been very annoyed for four seasons now, the lack of maturity from these, from these three characters, meaning the kids. So yeah. the episode for me was just, it was, it was just more of the same. It, it, it It's like, yeah. it hasn't been much growth between episode, when did Logan die? Episode three. Yeah. There hasn't been much growth character-wise with three kids from episode three until now. And I, I guess for me, is I'm just kind of frustrated with it. 
I don't think you're going to get much more character growth. There's only four episodes left. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're not going to get any more of that. And before I get started, I want to give a shout out to everybody in the chat right now. We've got the Texas Potterhead. We've got uh, the McDorks. We've got uh, Marcy joining us. So we appreciate everybody who's uh, who's checking us out and uh, following along this great episode of Succession. Um, so as far as Kendall's speech, uh, you know, this to me, this episode, it was kind of like you could see the sibs were all over the place, right? Uh, you know, they're, they're they're going to LA for this investor for this pitch meeting for this product that we mentioned a couple times called Living Plus. And during this episode, you see like Kendall is really in his element. He enjoys the spotlight. He likes being on the stage. He has these like grandiose ideas. This is what he lives for. Like he wants to be like doing like these Microsoft or Apple TED Talks with you know like uh oh god what's the Apple guy who died the famous guy can't think of his name uh, not Steve Jobs Steve, Steve Jobs. Jobs like he wants like he wants to be like that you know what I mean like that's that's his dream part of what what he loves most about this job outside just the sheer power then you have Roman who is he's feeling disrespected by everyone so that's why he's firing everyone and we'll get into that in a little bit and then you have Shiv who's just emotionally she's all over the place you know like she's hooking up with her ex-husband who they're i guess they're not officially divorced yet she still hasn't told anyone that she's pregnant like again we only have four episodes left <laughs> so you're wondering like what's you know what's gonna happen like it and based on how this season is laid out which we've heard is like basically it's 10 episodes and it's 10 days in the life of the in the lives of these people uh, you know, we're kind of running out of space. Like I'm, I'm wondering like now, or is she even going to tell anybody before the season ends? And obviously the series will end too. So I don't know. There's, there's so much going on, but back to Kendall's speech, I thought his speech was actually great because he, he started off wobbly, right? He started off with the, excuse me, <clears throat> with the dad stuff and the video and you know, Logan's back in video form, but then he recovered, you know, he got better. He, he, he actually was selling everyone on the fact that, you know, this like crazy growth down, down the stuff he was selling on is bullshit. Like he's selling them on bullshit, but that's what people do all the time. Like they, they pitch us stuff and it's like, it's based on projections and like these projections were flat out made up bullshit, right? They're doubling their numbers, which, you know, these analysts are like, I don't think they're going to see that, but all they're, all they've got to do is convince somebody that this is, this is the way it is. And I mean, the stock price went up. So like he, he won like that was, and I mean the new plan in this one, like Roman and Kendall still want to tank the deal for Matson, but their idea now is instead of like making, you know, Waystar a terrible asset. Now their idea is let's make Waystar Royco so valuable that this fucker can't afford it. <laughs> like that's, and that's basically what they're saying. Cause this one ninety two share price, apparently he can't go past that. That's his max. That's what, at least that's what they think. So their their idea was like let's overevaluate everything to where you know we're too valuable he can't afford us and I like as far as this episode Kendall did that he landed the plane now it's all based on bullshit but so is everything else you know what this was this was Kendall running a, a, a NFL franchise right and he signs five veteran players to max contracts knowing next offseason he's going to be with 75 million dollars over the cap because that's what it was because like to say to double numbers and then 
this is why this is why I got so annoyed. You have your CFO there, and uh, I, forgot, I forgot his name. Not Frank, the other guy. Carl. Carl. Yeah. He Carl visibly says, "If you if you throw numbers that I don't approve, I'm going to rat you out, right?" And I guess my my question is, where do you go from here? Okay, the stock went up on a Thursday night of you doing this TED talk. The numbers, like over time, the numbers are going to tell the truth about whether or not you you you're, you're full of shit or not. So yeah. I, I guess my question is, when it does fail, and it will because you double your numbers on this on this on this life this lifestyle this life plus project that you have you have no numbers on or no like passed on as far as like revenue patterns. How do you go? How how are you gonna like uh, convince convince the, the investors? Yeah, like I I. I was full of shit in the numbers on this TED talk, but stick with us. We're trustworthy. I'm, we're going to lead the way. I don't understand. Like, where, where do you go with that? I don't, I, I, that's, I guess that's my question. I mean, I think the perception is reality. You know, like if you, if you're able to sell something and people buy it, regardless of if it's, if it's a real thing or if it's, you know, actually a quality product, it doesn't really matter. People are buying it. That's all that matters. And, he was able to sell it. I mean, in this speech. Now you're right. Now down the road, when the actuality of building these uh these like assisted living homes and like how are they going to be different than any others? Like, you know, who knows? But like, they're basically taking this one game at a time. You know, like if that because like with Kindle, as you saw in this episode, he's so like wacky. Like, and we've actually worked for people that are like this where they don't know what they want to do. And then they get there day of or the day before, and they have all these grandiose ideas. And like, you know, he wanted the people at, you know, the, this Hollywood studio to build in this, like his, this home, you know, for this living plus, and he wanted them to have clouds and they use a smoke machine. And, and then when he saw what it was, like whenever they tried to, to deliver his vision and he saw how like silly it was. And immediately he backed out of it and was like, Oh, you know, I'll, I'll do something else. Like, so, I mean, these people, like they're so used to getting their way that you know like like you said like the reality of it yeah it's bullshit but like reality they've never had a good relationship with reality anyway because they've always lived in this like fantasy land of you know insane wealth and getting whatever they want no matter what the situation is i kind of look this is a show where you can't really root for anybody everybody's full of shit everybody's just spoiled rats with money and power and influence i don't look as massing does buy the business i hope they this is what I hope happens. I hope the board, once the board finds out this motherfucker doesn't want to sell, uh, and tell me the co CEOs. I hope that I hope they get voted out of the, of, of the co of the co CEO positions, and Lucas does buy this shit and destroys this motherfucking company. Because like I'm, because like there's nobody. Because the old guard, nobody wants to run this shit. Like Jerry. Uh, Frank and, and and everybody else, they just want to retire, take the, their millions, and go home. Which I understand. When you've been in business for that long, you don't want to work any longer. You, you just want to chill. Shit wants to be part of, of of this business, but she she's a she's a third, and like she's constantly being kept in the dark about what's going on with the business. Roman's fine. People left and fucking left and fucking right. Has no idea what he's doing. Kendall is like, I think Kendall's one bad idea away from another drug binge. Like everybody is just so fucking like unreliable and combustible, and 
unless there's a payoff for me of like just a shit fuck, a shit storm in the, in the season finale, series finale. I don't know where you go with this storyline. Nobody has improved as far as leadership skills. Nobody. And I don't, and I don't, and I'm just, I want to see some type of development. And I'm not going to get it because it was four episodes left. So I'm just kind of like, where do we go here? Like, I, I, you was better keeping Logan alive just so I can have that element still, still in the fold. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is not a show that's going to be about, there's not going to be like one big winner at the end. Right. I mean, it's been a shit show since the beginning. I mean, the second episode of this show period in season two or in season one was called uh, the shit show at the fuck factory. Like, I mean, I, like that's, that's what this show is. Like it's, you know, these crazy wealthy people in this, you know, and just the wheelings and dealings of their life. And I mean, granted, like I said, four episodes left, we're not going to have a definitive winner. Like, I don't even, I, I don't think Matson is going to buy in the company. I, I honestly, I feel like, what's going to happen is the shit show is just going to continue. We just won't see it. Like the election obviously is going to play a big part in the final couple episodes, probably the final episode. And it's more going to be about how these, you know, how this family continues on with, with Logan gone. And I think it's going to be the same thing. It's just going to, you know, I don't think the end of the episode, the end of the the series is going to have some like aha moment. Like, Oh wow. What a, what a stunning finale, unless they all die or something or, I don't know. I, I can't imagine what would happen. I think it's more of just how, like, you're right. None of these people, I mean, this episode especially, it was really hard to root for anybody, but they're all so damn entertaining. Like, that's the thing. Like, the 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 business of this show is probably very similar to real life. The one big difference is, pe- like, people are not as entertaining as these people. You know what I mean? Like, the the company that runs Fox, which is, you know, this is kind of based on Fox News and the Murdoch family, like those people are not as entertaining as the Roy's. Like they're just not, you know, like we've seen Elon Musk. He thought he was Tony Stark. He's not Tony Stark. Like that's a, that's a, a tremendous fictitious character. And Elon Musk is just a dude. You know what I mean? Like these people are not as special as they, as they think they are, but the characters in this show are tremendous. And that's, that's why we watch. And I don't think it really matters. Like even like same thing with game of Thrones, like in the end, did it really matter who got to sit on the throne? I mean, it was, it was a bummer anyway, but like, did it, who cares? Like it wasn't about that. It was about the journey. It wasn't the destination. I guarantee you the book is going to be way better. And it's going to be more satisfying than the show ending. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. Because I think cause I part, cause part of the journey is like, is, is destiny fulfilled. That's what makes stories like this. So beautiful is like, okay, the, the, the character that we root for the character that's in line for this greatness, for this, this passing, the torch seeing that progress on tv and 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 seeing the end of that and like be part of that journey is what makes it more satisfying um with with what with this with this story i just i don't know how you end it because like it, it it seems it just seems really like it's all over the place i, I don't there's, there's not really a focal point on how it's gonna like go like this and then have an end point like I said, it might just be an ongoing shit show in episode 10, and, like, that's what's going to be. But, um, yeah, man, like, I was hoping to, like, have a character really arise from the ashes and, like, show some type of, like, maturity and development outside of the th- – one of the siblings, whether it was Roman or Shiv, somebody just kind of, like, mature and, 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 like, and like, pinning the – after the fire. 
father's death show a level of like a side that we haven't seen before um and it's just i don't know man i, I i'm just it's becoming almost this show yeah it's becoming almost like redundant with like the the, the end around go around of like these kids just constantly being ill prepared and like not prepped for the big moments um when it comes to this yeah. business yeah, I think the the point that we had there about what Trisha had a second ago was was really spot on about how the three of them, you know, they all got a piece of Logan, but they can't work together. That's that's true, and we saw that in this episode where we've seen that this season where, you know, as Kendall and Roman became the the CEOs or the CE bros, you know, Shin, uh, Shiv was kind of pushed aside, and now she's kind of you know she's keeping her options open as she was talking to Tom about, and she's she's playing both sides. She's you know still on team Roy, you know, the, the quad squad or whatever, but, uh, she's also in contact with Matson and she's kind of like his inside person in the company, but you know, she also doesn't maybe have the, the necessary experience to really know what to do either. Like they do need each other, but, uh, but they, they're, they'll never, they're never going to work together because they're just, they just don't, they don't mix well together. It's just the way they were raised and how, how they were brought up. It just, it's not going to happen. So we just have to enjoy the, uh, the entertainment they provide as they, you know, as their lives kind of implode or, I mean, a lot of times they just fail upward. I mean, think about the last episode where their plan was to tank the deal and then they get a better deal, you know, like <laughs> now granted that's not what they wanted because money is immaterial to them because they've always had a ton of money and getting a ton more is like, well, it's more, but it, like they're already super comfortable. It's not like it's an issue, um, but you know, getting what they want, I guess, is the ultimate goal. And besides Kendall, it's not clear. I mean, we, he wants to be in charge of his dad's company. That's very clear. Roman and Shiv, it's not clear exactly what they want. To me, I think Roman. I think Roman wants just closure. Like he never got that. Like with his dad. And it's it's fucking with him in every other aspect of like his dad's legacy, a, aka the business. Like last last that Roman left off is that I think he sent like a, a mean spirited text message to his father like the day before he died or whatever. Yeah. So he's been carrying that guilt and he's never dealt with that guilt. He's been like he's he's purposely distracting himself from grieving. And like now it's like in his head, like he's like, Okay, what can I do to like show good faith and make Good old dad proud so i think in his mind it's like, like he wants to you know he can't get that closure he wants to do what logan would want him to do when it comes to this business i think is what is what he's trying to see and it's like you'll never you'll never know that because he's not here and like at the end of the day you gotta you gotta you gotta walk in, in, in your own two shoes step in your grown man's shoes and be roman and not try to like emulate what your dad would have done or wouldn't do yeah. so yeah, and, and as Trisha points out, like Roman wants the respect, and we—that's what happened in this episode. But he also, like, I think he wants for his family to be together. Like, that's kind of ultimately what he wants. Uh, but again, I don't—that's going to happen. But as far as the respect factor, that was a huge part of this episode because Roman he uh, <laughs> he fired the head of Waystar Studios, and then uh, he fires Jerry again. What's that? A powerful studio head at that who has a lot of connections. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the, the head of Waystar Studios. Like she's so it'd be like if uh it'd be like if you know somebody from Disney fired uh Kevin Feige. Like that'd be a big deal, like to just 
Now, I'm not saying this this uh, Joy Palmer in the Succession world is as successful as Kevin Feige because I don't think she is, but uh, but it's a similar kind of thing. But you know, she, he fires her after this, you know, this meeting, and you know, he is very, you know, he's trying to get respect, and he can tell that she doesn't respect him. Or you know, honestly, you know, watching it again, like, you know, the the studio head, she was basically telling him like, Hey, look like, uh, you know, ATN is this very right leaning network. And obviously we're here in Hollywood and it's very left leaning. And we have people that work for us that are very concerned with how ATN is, you know, what it's selling the country. And he didn't, you know, Roman didn't care anything about that. He was there to tell her like, look, we want to get the studio, you know, we want to get the studio pump pumping. We want the hit factory to start. And like, I'm here to like give you money so that you can make this, you know, this uh, Transformer ripoff movie, you know, Transformers movie, Calispatron, get that mega hit going and build this tentpole of, of, of content and stuff. And she was more focused on, you know, the 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 politics and everything. So he fired her. Well, then, that's not going remiss not to mention this when, because um, it was a big constant in line, she said, um, when he's talking about his position, Roman, she says, well, However, you got your position. I'm sure. I'm. I'm. I'm sure you earned it. Or and so it, it was a backhanded compliment saying that motherfucker, you don't just gonna be here because you just here because of your daddy's last name. Yeah, and that that's what triggered him to fire her. But uh, but you know, like he kind of he he kind of like spurred that on, you know, because he he said to her like, yeah, you're looking at me and you're wondering, you know, what I've done to get here. And then she, I mean, her response really wasn't like. I don't know. Like, I think he took it the wrong way or he like he at that point, I think he was ready to fire her. You know what I mean? Like, he was just like, I've got to do something like I, like my dad would just do whatever he wanted to do. And if I'm going to get respect, I have to be like dad and dad would just fire people. And so but that, was after, to- that was after she said what she said about, well, you know, I'm not sure how you got here, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're here for a reason. It was it was, it was very like, yeah. It was, I mean, yeah, she got spurred on, but at the same time, this man's signing your checks. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he's 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 giving your company millions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars to get to, to get a job done. And like you're you're not delivering. So it's kind of like if you're joy, you, you kind of like gotta just take on the chin and just like fucking and move on, you know? Cause like what did they say at last episode that they pumped in what 200, 200 million more dollars in reshoots? No, I think they were saying that the total was like was like two hundred and twenty million dollars for the movie, which is you know oh. very much along the lines of like an MCU big yeah. CGI kind of film. Yeah, and I mean, and, and look, I'm not I'm not here trying to absolve Roman for what he said or did. Like Roman's a petulant child; they're all petulant children. Yeah, um, they're 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 this wearing pants are just too big for them. Um, but I I think I think what Roman was seeking is that. All his life, he's watched people walk on eggshells around Logan, and he wants that same respect. Yeah. People walking around eggshells on him and not questioning him, like I.E. Joy did, like I.E. Jerry did in the same in the same uh, uh, episode. But to, in order to have that respect, you gotta be worth. You gotta be able to like command respect and like have a reputation of like getting shit done. And so far, Kendall and Roman haven't like really gotten shit done. So. Yeah, no. 
they have it. Although, if, like if said, you notice, Kendall, though, yeah. if you do notice, Kendall does come in with more respect than Roman does. Because even when, like, even like in the after the, their dad died, like his first day in office, he's like he's walking around barking orders and like nobody's nobody's challenging Kendall. Like they gave Kendall his new like advising team he was like fuck off, kept on walking, nobody questioning him. Even this episode with the outlandish request that he had with the clouds and the and the the, the house and all that, nobody's like stepping to him. So it's kind of like Kendall does have more respect. Maybe because he's an older brother, I don't know. But he he demands to level that Roman just doesn't. Well, and also Kendall, like when the series started, he was in line to take over. He was basically the heir apparent. It was, you know, and he is a little bit older than Roman, obviously, that that probably plays some, some you know, like Kendall is, is much better, a much better communicator in a, in a way, or at least like he's a much better like bullshitter, like for the, I mean, the investor conference was a perfect example. Like Roman backed out of doing that. Now he backed out of it because I think he thought, you know, Kendall's going to fuck this up. And as Shiv told him, like, you're going to look bad because of what he's going to do. He's going to bomb this for both of you. And so Roman backed out of it, but I don't, that's Roman's place anyway. He's not as showy and not as, you know, front facing as Kendall is. That's what, that's all Kendall wants to be. Kendall wants to be seen as the figurehead, the guy in charge. I mean, he, he also wants to be the smartest man in the room or smartest guy in the room, but he also, he really enjoys the limelight and being on stage. And that was like the perfect setting for him to, to show off and be the boss. I mean, you even see like he catches himself during the speech. He says, you know, now I'm the CEO and he's like, Oh, co-CEO. You know, he has to like catch himself to make sure. Cause you know, obviously Roman is the other co-CEO, but uh, yeah, I, you know, in the chat here, we got some comments about, uh, you know, how Logan was like feared and maybe respected and the kids just don't have that. I and mean, we see that with with Jerry, obviously. Jerry's known him all their life, basically. And, you know, after after Roman fires Joy, that information finds its way to Jerry. Then Jerry confronts Roman about firing Joy. And then Roman fires fires Jerry again. Remember, he fired her in episode three, the, the, the episode uh, where uh, Logan died. And now he's firing her again, although... I don't think it's going to stick. I mean, you can, after he, after he, after he fired her, he was, you know, basically he went and told Kendall and he's like, we may have to roll that back. And, uh, I love, like, this was a moment where Kendall just kind of lost it. Like, or like he was so like, he was so excited about his speech the next day that he was like, let me see if I can find I have my notes here where he was like, uh, talking about firing, uh, firing, uh, everyone. And he said, let's see where it's, where is it? Let's see. Do you think Kendall's on drugs again? No, no, I don't think so. But he, he said, he said, fuck it, bro. Why not drop her in the end zone? Talking about firing Jerry. He's like, look at you. Who are you going to fire next? Fire Frank, fire Carl, fucking eat Greg, fire me. You're on fire. <laughs> I love the eat Greg part. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was, he went, he went like a little 30 second like, rant of like, Who's next? Yeah. Who's going to be your wrath next? And that was <laughs> Kendall was on one that day. <laughs> he was definitely on one. But in the exchange between Jerry and 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 Roman, you know, Roman tells her like, you know, I'm not I'm not getting the respect that I should from you. He's like, you know, I need you to believe that I'm as good as my dad. And then she responds with, "Say it or believe it." And then he he's like, "Well, I'll just fire you." 
And then her response is, well, I'm not on the kill list. You know, Matt's in last, in last episode, Madsen laid out that like, you know, Carolina and, and Tom and uh, Jerry are not on the kill list. And, you know, of course, like, you know, then when she says, well, you know, Matson won't like this, that even makes Roman matter. Cause he's like, well, fuck him. Like, I don't, you know, this guy's not going to take over this company, you know, like that's basically, you know, Roman and Kendall's goal is to keep this company away from, uh, from Matson. But I, I did love that exchange. And uh, I just wonder how many times will Jerry get fired before she's actually fired? Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess my thing too, is that motherfucker, you are, y'all are interim CEOs or CEOs interim. Right, like if anything, they have the wheel right now. Though they they're in charge right now, and this, yeah, but this like, wheel hasn't gone through. I mean, but this is being documented though. There, there will be a there will be a board vote pretty soon. And if you're fucking around and firing people on your board or trying to fire people on your board, you don't think that's gonna get around the board? Uh, Sandy and Stewie and all these other motherfuckers on the board, like these motherfuckers just firing motherfuckers left and right. This is. This is this is like a, a insane dictatorship. That's not gonna bode well with the board. And I don't think Roman and Ken are well, more so Roman is thinking about the future, about like whether or not you guys positions actually stick or go to somebody else. Yeah. That's that's definite. Um Marcy's comment here about Greg was the only one who came through for uh Kindle. Yeah, Greg definitely stepped up. Uh <laughs> I like in the the scene where where Greg is like talking to the the video editor guy, and he, they're trying to make so you know as the show opened, it opened with this you know we see Logan and he's doing this you know in front of a green screen he's basically reading copy for this uh, Life Plus or Plus. Living Plus ad yeah, yeah. and uh, and so uh, you know Greg wants. Once he basically wants to make Logan say things that he didn't say on camera, and the, the video editor guy's like, "I can't make him say things he didn't say." <laughs> and I like, and like Greg is like, "Yeah, but you can." He's like, "No, I can't." Like he technically did not say those things. I like how Greg just gets made. It's like, make it happen. Like I've got it. Like I got to get in the good books with somebody. Somebody like you got to take care of this, and and it ends up happening. You know, on on the video during the conference, you know, Logan does say that they'll double their. Uh, double winter production or whatever. And he definitely did not say that. And it's very much a, you know, you notice the edit and I love how in that moment, everyone in the back, they're all like, Oh my God, I can't believe that happened. And then Greg's Lee's like, yeah, but the editing was great. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it was really, really well edited. You know, like he's really, he's really there, you know, taking uh patting himself on the back for, for what he's done, you know? And once again, Greg, he's, he's doing whatever it takes. And maybe, you know, if you're looking for an ultimate winner at the end, maybe it's Greg. Maybe somehow he finds his way to the top because he's, I mean, he really, he's doing whatever it takes. He has no loyalties to anybody. Like now he's a part of the quad squad and as he coined the term and he's work with Kendall. He doesn't seem like he's as tight with Tom anymore. Like, I think he kind of sees that like Tom can't help him really that much anymore. So he has no use for Tom. I mean, he's still there. He's still there to talk to Tom and it's still great to have their interactions, but He's moved on to Kendall, and so he's doing whatever it takes to get to the top. Let's talk. Let's talk about Tom and Shiv, man. I, I got some thoughts about Shiv, man. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I got you. We'll get into that right now. 
Yeah. So I know. So we all know she was pregnant, and we all assume it's Tom's baby. We know, but no one else knows. Yeah, nobody else knows. <laughs> no and, one in the show knows except for shit. And like, and this is like the ongoing like theme of like the 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 Roy the Roy kids of like the lack of maturity and like the lack of like like foresight and like just being genuine human beings. You're going through a divorce. I'm not going through a divorce with Tom, but we all agree that Tom has a right to know that. Motherfucker, carry my baby, <laughs> right? And instead of like coming clean and like just telling Tom what's going on, she's being like a third grade bully to Tom. And, and like this, I like you, but I don't want to show my upper hand towards you and and give you. And, and for Shiv, it's like any any sort of the transfer of power to where she's being vulnerable. She can't. She she can't get put a person in that position. And it's like she's making it about herself, and not about you know saying this potential bundle of joy that she that, that she's carrying in her, in her belly, like the 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 biting game, like like it's like just when I, just when you you think she can't get more immature, she she proves me wrong. You had a fucking at a fucking function for you with investors, and you're biting each other just to show you that you that you you're the uh, you're the you're the top, and he's the bottom. Like what the fuck is that about? Like. You you've never That's played bitey with somebody, huh? You've never played bitey with somebody. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I haven't either. I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, I mean like no, yeah, I, I can't say that I have. Uh, yeah, right. if I did, I was not sober. Uh, that's for damn sure. But <laughs> it's just I don't know. Like that was just a weird scene. That was just a weird scene to me. I, I think that scene really just uh just solidifies like how unserious of a person she is when it comes to relationships. Like she cannot let herself be vulnerable for one goddamn minute, and clearly she still cares with Tom. But the but the moment where she feels like she has to come for, clean first or show any type of vulnerability, she automatically just does the opposite and just she's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I said before, Shiv is all over the place. We see, we see in the beginning like she's scheduling griefing meetings. She's scheduling meetings where she can like grieve for her father's death. Like she, she's having her assistant set up a con uh, like. Find her a an open conference room, and then she's booking it for thirty minutes to an hour where she can just cry by herself. Like that's so weird. But then, yeah, the the playing bitey with uh, with uh, Tom. By the way, Tom wins. You know, like he he he. You know, according to the rules of bitey, which you know, kind of like the rules of Fight Club, except for I guess you do talk about it. But the rule is like a, you bite somebody, and the first one to give up loses. And he really he really bites into her, and you know, and that's. You know, that's when she says, "Wow, Tom Wobbs games finally made me feel something." Like she takes a shot at him right there. Then she also says, "You know, like uh, he apologizes to her. He's he's like, I'm sorry for you know fucking up your life." And then she laughs and she's like, "Oh, you'd, you'd be so lucky. Like you know, I was already fucked up before you." She's like, "On the other hand, though, I'm the one who fucked you up." Like they're having this like really you know childish kind of thing back and forth. It's it's all a power play, and. You know, then we after they play Bidey, they play Bango. They get together, and it's like still they're going through divorce. They're not, uh, you know. Again, Tom doesn't know about the pregnancy, and yeah, it's it's a mess. Like her life is a mess. She's playing both sides with her with her brothers and Madsen. It's just it's all over the place, honestly. And uh, you know, Tom tells her like, "Hey, you know, you're keeping your options open, and you should be careful about that." And 
you know, then he kind of says, Hey, I'd really like for us to stay together or get back together. And then she admits, you know, well, you shouldn't have betrayed me. They talk about the betrayal, which they haven't really talked about since what happened in, you know, season three. And, you know, Tom just comes out and admits it. He's like, Hey, it's about the money for me. I like nice things. And I had to go where the money was. And so I went with your dad. So I, I thought I, I was surprised that he came out and was so like cavalier with like, I like nice clothes and washes and stuff. And so do you, but I didn't have that stuff and you did. So I went to, I went to get my money. But let's not let this get lost in translation. She offered, she offered up Tom to, do, to serve prison time for the whole Waystar shit in season three. Like they had a whole family meeting on the boat and she was, yeah. they had got married to do a newlywed. She happily served his ass up to, to do prison time. Like at that point, fuck you. We ain't, nah, man. It's every man from himself at that point. Like, and, and, and I'm surprised Tom has never brought that up. That would have been the first thing I brought up. Like, motherfucker, you, you, you sent me to the sharks. You threw me to the sharks. What did you, you expect me to do? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, that's true. That's a tough, uh, <laughs> I mean, this family is just so messed up. It's they have so many issues and so much history, and you know who's on whose side. It really just kind of changes week to week. Yeah. But, but you know, I d- I did like how uh, speaking to Shiv, while uh, you know when Kendall starts off his speech at the end, you know everyone's like talking about how cheesy it is because he's like talking to his dad you know his dad's on the screen he's talking to his dad in the video and you know like they show jerry and she's like oh this is amateur hour like tell me when it's over and and then, <laughs> and then shiv is like oh this is terrible i can't watch this and then roman's like yeah as you watch the shit out of this and you're getting turned on he's like i can hear how wet you are it's gross <laughs> like the th- i mean he said that to his sister like this the things they say to each other is just like crazy. But you know, you know, it's even more crazy. She didn't respond to it. Like, like she didn't even like get yeah. offended. No, <laughs> it no, was no, like <laughs> they're just. It's just a conversation. It's, it's it's the it's the weirdest thing. I think another thing that caught another thing that really um, treated me about the, well, one of the few things that that treated me about this episode was. Uh, Carl, man, like, yeah, we never really see Carl come at people. You've seen Jerry come at Roman and like have true moments with with Kendall. For Carl to be like, motherfucker, don't put my shit, don't put my rep on the line, uh, inflate these bush ass numbers. Like, he got in Kendall's grill, and I haven't seen anybody do that with Kendall because you know, Kendall was like the I don't want to say golden child, but like you said before, like in season one, he was the heir apparent to run this company, so nobody really ever challenged Kendall in that manner. You know, people talk about Kendall behind his back, but for Carl, I guess for Carl to be at the end of the line is like, look, man, I'm about to retire. Fuck this shit. It's still about to go through. I'm gonna just let him know how I feel about this shit. Like that really surprised me. I rewound it a couple of times, man, because you really ever see the old guard get buck with the kids like that. Yeah, it, it's kind of like I mean, obviously Jerry and Roman have had this like crazy weird relationship for a long time on the show. But you're right. It's similar, like how she kind of called out Roman and was like, look, like, you know, I don't respect you because, you know, you're just a you're you're a 35 or 40 year old child. Basically, is kind of what she's kind of getting at. 
and yeah, here's a chance where Carl was like, look, like you're right. Like you're, you're messing with my reputation here. So like, I, I put up with your dad shit because you know, he was your dad and he was in charge, but like, I've been in charge of major companies myself and you know, you're not going to screw this up for me. So it was interesting to see Carl because Carl has always kind of been like, a, you know, play it. You know, he never is that direct with anybody. And in that part of the episode, he did like come right at, at Kendall. But Kendall, in, in fairness, Kendall handled it really well and just like patted him on the shoulder and just went on to do his speech. And and uh, yeah, he really he really handled it well. The only other person I can really think of like that really I mean, obviously, Matson has gone at Kendall. But remember the guy from Valter in season one? That guy was pretty much like the Asian guy. Yeah, yeah, he was I like, remember. oh, you know, you're just daddy's boy. Like, you know, daddy isn't here to help you or whatever. And yeah, so, but in that way, you can kind of see how Kendall has grown a little bit. He's handling stuff like he, like what Carl said to him, might have, you know, shook him yeah, one. previous seasons. But this one, he just you know shook it off and went out there and gave the speech and did his thing and. And, uh, you know, got a, he got a win for the day. I mean, now, is it going to be a win in the long term? No, but it's, you know, just play the game that's in front of you. That's all you can do. So that's what Kendall was doing. I think another thing that that, that frustrated me, too, about the, the, the CEO, the co-CEO bros, was the uh, – so we all know they're trying to get out this deal, right? They're trying to save Waystar and ATN as a, for themselves. Yeah. So – there was no strategy, no like planning behind this, but they call a meeting with all the, with the old guard and everybody else involved in, like, in this deal and said, oh, man, we just don't feel good about Matson taking over. We feel like he's, I don't know, corrupt morally or, and like they're trying, like Jerry and everybody's just, they're trying, and Tom, they're trying to get like to the nuts and bolts of it. Like, what do you mean? Like, what did he say anything in particular? And, and like, the lack of planning, and this is this is why I like I yeah. I get it. Maybe it's just the writers saying, you know what, this is here's more examples of like why these two guys are just ill-equipped Ill to run this company. But to call this meeting and not have a viable explanation why, at least on the surface level, why you don't feel comfortable with this deal, and then like just be super vague about it in this meeting, it's just wild because like. Nothing got done. Like nobody, everybody called bullshit. Like it's fine. We'll, we'll yeah. take our chances. Yeah. And so seeing that, and then seeing the TED talk that Kendall had, you know, when Masson made that that poof, the anti-Semitic tweet, tweet. yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that Nazi tweet, I I I was thinking to myself, okay, all right, Kendall, this is the opportunity for you to say this is why Masson cannot buy the company. He's too reckless. This is this is a this is a, a anti-Semitic tweet. Um, they they he had no problem putting on putting on wax on social media. This is why we can't give him the company. We have a we have a a, a prestige a reputation to uphold. That would have been the time to like to like really struggle with Iron's High and take advantage of of Matson's um, uh, hot I, I guess outlandish ways as far as his personality. And he didn't do it. He kind of just smoothed it over and just like you know well I'm not gonna respond to that. Like that's when you strike, bro. That if this if this is what you really want. Use that to your advantage, and I and I feel like he just missed a go a good opportunity to do that. I don't know. I think he did respond to it. I, I think like th there's a certain because like okay, so after the pre he gives his presentation, while he's giving his presentation, that's when Matson tweets out the Holocaust joke using uh Doderick, which is like the Mickey Mouse. It's like it's like Waystar's Mickey Mouse, basically, from what I can gather. And you know, 
Kendall asked for questions from the audience and he had like a plant. He had like a, a journalist, I guess that they're, that they get favorable coverage from in the audience. And when he tossed it to that guy, instead of that guy asking the question that he, he thought the guy would had to ask him about, Hey, have you seen this tweet from Matson about, you know, what he, what he said about what he said about you. And then of course, Kendall's like, no, I, I you know, I'm, I'm catching up. I'm up here on stage. I didn't know. And so then he looks at his phone and, and Kendall's like, he's, he looks at the tweet and he's like, well, I'm not going to fave it. And they said, you know, he's like, I wouldn't have said that. He's like, you know, Matson's very European. Like all these things are like, are little tweaks at Matson. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't directly come out and like, you know, disown him by any means, but he takes shots and, you know, in, in his own way, kind of, kind of like a businessman would do. He, he, he sells that like, you know, like, look, like Matson's this guy playing on social media, but like with living plus we're going beyond social media. We're better than social media, you know, and people are going to be hungry for the connection that we're going to provide. He said, I know that I am. And, you know, I mean, obviously works. Matson deletes his, he takes down his tweet. Like he, I mean, you know, Kendall got him honestly in that situation. He didn't, he didn't bow down to, to Matson and go, well, this guy's buying our company. So, you know, he made me look like a fool. So I've just got to take it, you know, get on my knees. He didn't do that. He, he, in his own way said like, Hey, this guy's kind of erratic and he's European. And like, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing really. And he's messing with social media. And it's like piddly crap, but we're trying to give people, you know, these greater life experiences. We want to extend people's life. And, you know, like he's, he, I mean, Kendall's offering things that he can't, Phil, but he's also trying to put down what Madsen is, who Madsen's this like Elon Musk, like tech genius or whatever. And this, this was Kendall's way of going, okay, I'm going to take it. This is my, I, I am taking advantage of this opportunity to like push him down a little bit. I just, I just felt like he would have, he would have like won the crowd more by saying, Hey investors, if, if you let Madsen buy this business, this is what you're dealing with. Like, like put your trust in me. Let 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 me, my brother, run this company because we're not gonna be reckless and put out anti-Semitic tweets. We're not gonna be reckless and say whatever we want. And I, bro, I would have. Well, he doesn't know. He doesn't know about the whole about the whole um, harassment thing with with uh, his pub with Matt's publicist. But um, yeah, I, I feel like he, he could have got his hands there a little bit more and like really went at Matt's and because um, I, I feel like I feel like the the, the ambassadors and the, and the people in that room. It, it the, the shift became more about life plus more more than saying hey this guy might not be good to own this business and I need to I need to unveil that to the to these people who are paying millions of dollars to invest in my uh, in my father's legacy. Yeah, I just think like obviously he's there to pitch that product, and I think he did a good kind of pivot where he he addressed the issue, but then kept the focus on the product because again his plan now is to promise unbelievable growth. The price rocket, he keeps talking about price rockets. He, you know, his new plan is we're going to make this so valuable that Matson can't even touch it. And that was kind of his way was to like, go look, this guy's saying shit about us. It's not cool. But, you know, again, he's playing around social media and we're, we're going to give people longer lives and a better life. So I do think that he checkmated Matson on that one. That's why Matson deleted it. I mean, obviously, Matson deleted it also because you know Shiv was telling him, you know, Shiv was telling him like, "Hey, you should do this, you should do that." But I think Matson saw the writing on the wall that like this doesn't look good. You know, like he he did beat me. Like he Kendall won that round for sure. 
I wonder to do so gun your head. Do you think Kindle finds a way to miraculously make this product way more valuable than what it is, like on paper? Like no. I now, think that after now, I think that after this episode, we're not gonna hear about this product again. <laughs> Cause like again, <laughs> they they just I mean, think about like that they they put the plan together the day before. Everything is done in the spur of the moment. There's not a lot of thought put into stuff. And Kindle got a win, which is almost kind of the worst thing because then he thinks he can just do like it's like the whole thing. Like if you if you study for the test five minutes for the test and you ace the test in the future, you're going to go, well, I'll just study five minutes for the test. Like you kind of like it, it's kind of like in, in basketball. If a really bad player or bad shooter hits his first three, you're like, oh, no, that's the worst thing for my team. Now the guy's going to shoot 10 threes like where he should shoot zero because he made that one somehow he's now going to shoot 10 and we're that's basically 10 turnovers because other teams are going to get the ball. That's kind of like what this was for Kendall where it worked. And so there's no reason for him to change what he's doing. He's just going to continue to, you know, whatever's the next thing. I mean, think about this season. I mean, the Pierce deal is like, I mean, Shiv is the only one who even mentions it even more like everything. It's like they, they live for the day or the moment and they're moving on. And it's what's the next thing? And I mean, maybe we'll see Living Plus again, but I bet we won't. I just I can't. I mean, unless I don't know. I don't know what could happen because there's only four days left in the season, so there can't be a tremendous amount of things that happen. But I do want to point out that man, if this show is ten days in this season, they have a very busy ten day schedule. I mean, every day they have some major event, life event with work events, like it's. It's crazy. You would think there'd be some built-in, like, you know, day off here or there, just a travel day. I mean, like, they're, you know, they were in Norway last episode. This week, they're in Los Angeles. I mean, the next day, they're in Los Angeles. So, it's a very uh, jet-setting life they lead. So, as far as timelines, as far as big moments left that we know of, mm-hmm. the election, that's pretty much uh, 18 supports this candidate. That's a, 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 a left-winger, and it's a right-wing right invested show. No, 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 no. They're supporting. They're supporting a very right wing candidate. Oh, is he very? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jared Meekin is like he's like super like right wing. He's like a Trump kind of. I mean, not like a celebrity like Trump was, but like that kind of candidate. And yeah, ATN is very much a Fox News, and they're they're ride or die with that guy because he's their guy right now. And yeah, you know, in the future they'll find a new right wing person to to uh champion i guess you could say okay so we have the election coming up yeah we have the board the board vote coming up we have the pending sale or not sell with Matson and and uh and waste are we well, have that'll two- be the board vote right that'll be the board the, the board votes to agree to the terms of the deal right but wouldn't it be wouldn't it be two separate votes of the wall because like you still got because because kindle and roma still interim so the, so I don't know when that vote happens to so whether or not they find their if they're permanent or if they go another direction as far as leadership. Well, I mean, if Matson buys Waystar Royco, Royco, he'll absorb it. He'll be the CEO or he'll be whatever he wants to be called. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Kendall and Roman, their their days are probably numbered with that company if they sell, right? Mm-hmm. Like they'll get their five percent or whatever percentage they get of the company and they'll be on their way, I would think. Right. So, um, 
Whereas Shiv is kind of positioning herself to where if Madsen does absorb Waystar Royko, she would still have a place. But yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure about that stuff as far as like them sticking around. I don't, I don't think that we're going to see, I don't think we're going to see a new vote to determine who's the new head of Waystar. It'll either be Matson buys it or it'll be uh, Kendall and Roman to finish out the season. Some tells me there's going to be a double whammy. I think this harassment thing with Matt, with Matson and his ex-girlfriend slash comms person is going to come to light which is I think is going to affect the vote. And I also think this ATN um, bias notorious. Uh, no, something, something's going on to where this is real bad issues with ATN supporting uh, Matcherson. What's his name? Matt, Minkin? Minkin, uh, yeah. Minkin. So I think those two things are going to come to a head. Uh, they were both mentioned in, in, in different parts of the season, but I yeah. think it's going to come to a head. Yeah, I mean, the Minkin thing is going to be a big thing i would think i mean but you know we only have four episodes left the election will probably be the series finale episode 10 um we still have not seen mink in this season we also didn't see connor and willow this episode which i mean connor also has a you know a smaller stake in the election because he's trying to hold his one percent of the the vote but uh i would think that i would think that the next I don't know about the next episode, but I would think episode eight, we're going to have to start focusing on the election. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, it's got, it's got to focus on that because we haven't even seen the actor who plays Jared Mink in this season. We saw him in, in season three, but uh, yeah, we've got to see that at some point. And as far as, uh, you know, as far as the double whammy thing, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think that this, this show is going to have a, I mean, it's going to have a crazy ending, I think, but I think it'll just, I think it'll just end as a mess. Everything's going to be a mess as it's been every episode. I mean, the whole thing has been crazy. Um, yeah. And then, you know, as far as, you know, as, as far as like what's next for uh, the company, I don't know, like the the Matson stuff. It's really interesting if you think about what happened in the last episode where he told Shiv all this stuff about Ebba and how he like sent her his blood and all that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, I really wonder was that legit? Because I mean, granted, he was obviously high, but like, why would you? I'll volunteer that information to a Roy, you know. Now, now, granted, he was trying to use Shiv to, you know, to to mess with with her brothers. But I I just that's a weird move by Matson. And maybe that just shows that, like I said before, like these people that these billionaires are not like they're not all they're not Tony Starks. They're not geniuses. They're just sometimes they're nepto people like right. Like their their daddy was rich. They got the money, you know, whatever their daddy owned a or you know, found a, a mine somewhere in South Africa and they got rich because of that. You know, like there's, there is some of that obviously in the real world. Maybe that's the case with this show, but Matson like telling her that gives her a weapon to use against him, you know? So I, I just wonder how legit that is. And if we'll even hear anything else about that. I thought it was BS at first too, until this episode when he literally tweeted something very <laughs> Very sensitive towards towards Jewish yeah, people. Yeah. It, it 
just shows me that he's he's just, he's just very irresponsible and very um just off the cuff he doesn't give much thought to things he's just, he's just very reactionary and just does what he wants to do with that cause yeah he i mean he's definitely erratic there's no there's no question about that but man that like that's just you know for someone who tries to be the smartest person in the world and i mean you know jerry calls him a genius in this episode it's pretty dumb like why would you give away that information to the other side basically but you know real people do dumb stuff all the time so that that, that's very possible that's just something that his his character would actually do so facts um what's that no no i just said facts yeah so let's focus a little bit about so as the episode opened it opened on on the video recording of logan doing the commercial and he, you know, he gets upset with the, the staff that are there and he berates them. And he says, like, you know, y'all are morons just like my idiot kids. And you see Kendall and he he watches it a couple of times. Like you can tell, like he he's watching what happened, watch listening to his dad call him and his, his siblings morons. And in the episode at the end, uh, after you know, after Kendall's big speech and everyone's congratulating, Roman kind of walks away. He's in his car. Then he's like listening to some like edited video where his dad is saying that he has a micro dick and he's, he's listening to it over and over. And it's like, like the, I I don't, I don't really get like Roman and Kendall's like they, I know they're used to having their dad, like berate them and, you know, treat them like shit, but I don't understand why they continue that process as while with the dad gone. It's what they know. It's literally all they know. Like, has that dad ever, ever said, I love you, like, unconditionally, like, say it without, like, trying to get something out of it? Like, this toxicity is something that's that's been brewing since they were, since they were kids. And I think, like, even when they show emotion towards each other, when they do group hugs, it looks uncomfortable. It looks, like, disjointed. It doesn't look natural or sincere because they don't operate that way. Like, look at the mother. The, like the, the the beacon of like most mothers are catering and like nurturing and caring. The mothers and anything but that. So between Logan and between and between the mother, like I'm surprised they ain't more fucked off than what there are. Yeah. 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 I, I can understand that. It's just I don't know. Like it feels feels like with him gone, you just would like just want to move on and try to, you know not have to to deal with that abuse but i i don't know if they like the abuse because they they're just so used to it but it's that's definitely messed up so um and yeah maybe like what trish is saying like just wanting to hear their to the voice of their dad that might be that might be part of it too but i mean obviously like the thing with the thing that Kendall watched was actually his dad saying my kids are morons just like all you staff members right like but the the thing that Roman watches was an edited clip, you know. I, I'm sure someone made it as a joke, and I may, maybe maybe Greg was a part of that because he was in there with the editor, the video editor, and he was you know barking out instructions. So uh, maybe Greg made that or something. But uh, I don't know. If Greg has the stones to do that, does he? I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Gre- Greg it has like glommed on to the to uh, the C you know C bros, but. Yeah, it probably wasn't Greg. I don't know who did it, but it's interesting that um, that that happened. And also, 
in the beginning of the episode, we see Shiv and she's watching this the same clip with the green screen footage of their dad talking. So maybe what Trisha said is is probably accurate. They all just want to hear their dad's voice again and feel like he's still, you know, a part of it. Because I mean, once again, this show did that by having him with that green screen video. We got to see Logan Roy continue to live on, you know, in in a way that. um you wouldn't expect. And I, I feel like there's going to be another one of those chances because it seems like every episode has had a moment where you remember Logan or you feel like you feel his presence, even though you don't really actually see him interact with any living person. Yeah. I, I thought it was a good job of like incorporating Logan, even in death. He's still, <laughs> he's still torturing his kids and still like creating this, uh, this, this image of like these kids trying to follow. And um, I thought it was genius to have that that outtake of him saying, "You, you guys are morons with my kids." Like being Logan, it's it's not. I mean, one thing about old people, man, they don't they don't change. That's who they are. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna uh, you know negotiate their personality. It, it, regardless of how you feel, they're gonna be unapologetically unapologetically them and and them only. And, and even in death, Logan still shines through the asshole personality of his. So um, I feel bad for Shiv's kid, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, your uncle's going to be Kendall and Roman. Your mother's going to be Shiv. Like, this is, that kid's fucked. <laughs> that kid's going to have to, like, learn insults at a very, very early age to uh, to hang, you know, because that's going to be a tough. I, I, I bet that fuck off is probably the first, like, phrase that kid learns. I almost would have to out of necessity just to survive because that's all they say all the time on this show. There's a there's this group on I, on Instagram, um, these three or four people that uh, they do like little like spoofs of like different TV shows. They, they've done Yellowstone and they've done Secession. Yeah, and literally their skits are the same. Them saying fuck off like thirty five times in different like scenes. It's it's hilarious. I, I need I need to send it to you. I think I've seen one of them. I think you sent me one of them before. It's yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty spot on. But I thought the episode ended in a pretty apropos way where we see Kendall after his like triumphant speech, he he gets in this he you know gets in the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, and he's like laying on his back, which kind of makes you think about last season where he was laying face down in that pool trying to potentially drown himself. This one, he's laying on his back and he's like enjoying the fact that he's you know, he, he, he accomplished something. I guess that's kind of what they're trying to get us to think. I don't know. What, what did you think about that? I think with Kendall, man, they, you've seen a lot of symmetry in this season with Kendall. Like when he became co-CEO, CEO, CEO um, from yeah. was it episode five to like now on uh, episode one of season one, like the, the, the symmetry of like the bravado, the, 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 the cockiness, the, the swag and like, and and to this episode of him being, you know, face face down in the water last season to him being face up in triumph this season. So there's there's a lot of symmetry with this character. Um, I want to say almost like unfinished business, or like, like him trying to become the man that he's always been destined to be and how people viewed him to be. Um, I think those scenes really signify that um for Kendall for sure. Yeah, I mean he had, it was a it was a big win for Kendall. And you know, I like how he wore you know, for the for the uh, for the product launch, he wore a flight jacket. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, he's all he's all about the the pomp and circumstance. He loves that kind of stuff. The pageantry of 
these uh these uh TED talks and these these big events. He loves that and you know, he was able to pull it off and that's you know, that was a uh, a big win for the for for Logan's number one boy. So <laughs> do you think um do you think there's there's a a situation that arises to, to where Roman and Kendall are, are head to head? You know, that's interesting because the way that Roman reacted after, you know, after Kendall, you know, Kendall nailed the speech. I mean, he did the best he could. He actually got a win out of it. And then Roman was kind of quick to leave. But then in the same sense, like, like I said earlier, like that Roman being on stage is not his skill set. But it wasn't looking approval though. It looked, it was look of like, fuck, this guy got right. Defeated. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't, a, it, it wasn't proudness. Right. But then, like, but then, like, as we as we saw in the car, he's like focused on his dad. That fake message from his dad. So, I don't know, Roman. It's hard to read. Like, I mean, do I think the show ends with the CEOs, you know, the co CEOs retaining that, and like it being like a very like a, a great functional partnership, the dynamic duo, as a as a Kindle called it? No, I don't think that, but there's just not enough time for there to be like a, a major shakeup between those two characters. I, I wouldn't think unless it's the finale. Yeah. Unless it's, it's a permanent falling out that just kind of just goes off, off screen after the show ends. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think all three of these siblings are at peace with each other. No. By the finale. I think this is going to be a factor, uh, of some sort because it's like, when there's this much money involved, like this is generational money we're talking about as far as like yeah. this deal. And like people have broken up over thousands of dollars, let alone billions of dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, yeah, I, I, I would say this. I mean, it's probably billions. This, this is like the, the fox of this of this of this world. I, I can see this being a lasting effect of like a fracture with, within the royal family. Yeah, I mean, you know, Logan, not that he was really ever there to to keep it together, but hit the power structure kept it together because he was always on top and now he's not there. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens as uh the season plays out. Um so we got a question here from Trisha. Do you think there's a scenario where Tom turns on Shiv again, uses the Madsen info, and winds up on top? That's interesting. Frank, what do you think about that? Damn, Texas, Texas Potterhead got me thinking. Um, I don't think so, only because Tom warned her about playing both sides. And I think, I think if Tom didn't give a fuck, he wouldn't even mention that. Because like now that you say, "Hey, be careful, be careful playing both sides," now you you you're trying to put Shiv on notice, and then to where Shiv knows you mentioning or caring about about her regarding it. I think if Tom was really about that life, he wouldn't even mention it. He, he would have just stayed behind the shadows and just did what he did. Kind of like kind of like how he did with picking uh, Logan over her last season. Yeah, you know, I I think that like if if Tom see I'm not sure Tom has the information about Madsen. If if you're saying the Madsen information meaning the the uh the stuff with Ebba, the the sending her blood, like if you're talking about that information I don't think Tom has that information, but if he does, 
I mean, well, I'll, I'll say this. If he does have that information, I think anything's on the card. Like, anything's on the table, right? Because these people flip on each other all the time. But uh, I don't think he has that information. Now, if he did have that information, would he? I think he, I think he would. I, I think if it meant retaining his, you know, keeping his money, as he said, I think he would do it because he knows, like, like Shiv, Shiv will never be just his, right? Like, she... I mean, he is a Tom in this world. Tom is a parasite that lives off of Shiv or lives off of Logan and Logan's gone, you know, like, so he's got to glom onto somebody to survive. Shiv will be fine no matter what. I mean, financially speaking, emotionally or mentally, who knows, but uh, financially she'll be okay. She'll land on her feet. If the sale goes through, she gets 5% of whatever it is, which will be a lot of money. And if it doesn't go through, she, retains her lifestyle and they keep they keep on chugging so she'll be good either way but but tom honestly he'd do anything i think and and the fact that he admitted that it's about the money to him i was surprised by that because that hasn't really been his i mean it seemed like in like season three the reason why he betrayed shiv and the and the kids was for his survival right but i mean I, i guess like his survival and his money can kind of be the same thing, but uh, I don't know. I, I guess it is the same thing because we've talked about it before. It's not like like Tom. He's the basically the head of ATN. It's not like if he got fired by ATN, you know, some other network in this world would pick him up because he didn't get to the top of ATN on his own accord, right? He got to the AT- top because he was married to Shiv and he kind of maneuvered his way now. Granted, again, that's how things work in the real world anyway. So maybe he would land on his feet somewhere else. But uh, I don't know. It's an interesting question. I, I do think that Tom, if he had the information, yeah, I think he would do whatever it takes, honestly. I think, I don't think it's, it's as raw as Tom said it, like as cavalier as he said it. I think I think it was for status. I think when, when people of that elk, Mary, it's a lot of times for status. I mean, you see it with like the royal family. Like they they might love each other eventually, but like when when they marry off their kids, it's to other astute houses and other astute like families, right? Of like of good reputation. I think the same way in, the, in like this rich world, this high society world. Like I'm sure Tom's not broke. His time, his family's not broke. They come for money too, but like. The Roy's are like the creme de la creme when it comes to like high society and success. And I think, yeah, it was it was for status. Cause I mean, if Shiv was if Shiv's family was worth a couple grand and like they 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 were alley shipped to McDonald's, he wouldn't he wouldn't like look look twice at her direction. But I think over time when they got married, I think he I think there was a genuine uh feelings and care towards towards Shiv. I mean, he even saw it because like I think when was that season two when he kind of had a whiff of the affair that Shiv had with that with with, with her old coworker? Um, yeah. I think he was hurt. I think he was hurt by that. I, I I think that was more than just oh shit, I might lose my wife and going back to the poorhouse because either way, Tom is good. Tom is not broke, right? Like I, I get it. He wants to be, you know, the creme de la creme, but I think he really loved her. I, I and I think that's why he, he I think why he got so hurt when she joked jokingly said, "I don't love you." And then threw her, threw her under the bus as far as him, you know, doing 
potential prison time for the for the Waystar cruise shit. So, um, yeah, I don't think that's cut and dry as time led it to be about it being money. I think it was. I think he did care about her um, intimately because he wanted to have kids and have his life with her. And the minute he he felt like the feelings weren't being returned, he's like, "Well, fuck it, then. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna saddle my horse to the to the next highest bidder." Yeah. No, that, that's that's pretty much what happened. So yeah, you're right about that. I did think that uh, Tom had one of the funnier lines in the episode. Um, he had to follow Kendall after on the on the stage for his speech, and of course, Tom the whole episode he's like kind of nervous about his speech, and you can tell because his speech sounded pretty bad from what we got to see. But uh, he's waiting in the wings, and then uh, Kendall, you know, announces him, introduces him, and just before he goes on stage, he looks at Greg and he's like, "How am I supposed to follow this? He just promised him eternal life." talking about living plus <laughs> yeah oh, that was a great line i think greg had a, yeah i think greg had another good one too when uh you know kendall was like trying to again price rocket living plus asset he was saying he's like i want i, I want people to evaluate living plus this like assisted living community like they do tech and i, I think greg was like you know i think it's hard to make houses seem like tech because we've had houses for a while <laughs> Like, <laughs> I think Greg had some good lines, you know, because then like Kendall's like, yeah, he's like, we just need unbelievable growth. And, and Greg's like, yeah, so all you got to depend on is maybe having un- unbelievable growth, you know, like is this Greg, I'm telling you, Greg is like, he's a dark horse to take over. If if there's anybody who maybe comes out on top of this, Greg is like inching his way to the top. Bro, I said if I said it episode one, dog. I was like, bro, like watch it, watch it be the board. The uh, it gets to the board and like his grandfather Ewing or is it e- Ewing? Or- I think it's Ewing or something. Yeah, Ewing. Ewing comes to the forward and like fucks everything up and like Greg's the last man standing when it comes to like. like I, I really believe like the fracture amongst the siblings is going to happen to us permanent and. The next, the next closest Rory man, as far as like somebody being young and spry and ready to take action, would be Greg, the 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 fourth member of the quad squad. Yeah, but that only works if the if he doesn't sell if they don't sell the Matson because yeah. if they sell the Matson, those Roys are out. Maybe maybe yeah. Shiv survives. I mean, she wasn't on the kill list, obviously, but um, the rest of them are gone. I mean. You know, Madsen made fun of Greg in the previous episode where he's like, oh, there's more of them. Are you all related? You know, he pointed to the whole crowd of people, you know, because. <laughs> so, yeah. It... <laughs> yeah. Do you have any uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, Madsen, man, like. I think Alexander Skarsgård, man, is like a hidden gem in this show, like. His 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 array of character and like and like the way he's able to like his, his variant the variances of of like the, these these portrayals that he does on TV. God play Eric Northman on True Blood, like serious, deadly, apex predator man. And he, and like he goes from that, and he I don't know if y'all watched Atlanta, but he was in Atlanta the last season of Atlanta. He played like this coked out rich guy in Atlanta. And now he plays he plays his petulant child in this series. Like he's showing his or his array and like his 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 length of like acting uh with these variances of, of portrayals that I really, really like about him, man. And 
he's like six ten, <laughs> and like, and like he plays like this pestilent child in the show, and it's like he's doing a great job. I'm really impressed with his role um, in this series so far. Yeah, you know, he's been in a lot of stuff, but I don't think like. I, I haven't seen the movie, but The Northman, it came out last year. I don't know if you've seen that movie, yeah. but it's it, it, like, so it, it was like a big star. Was yeah, he was in that Tarzan movie. I'm just wondering, like, will he make his way to the superhero stuff? Like, will be he will he be in the MCU or in DC or something? I don't. He has the like, look. <laughs> yeah, right. And his dad, yeah, his, I just don't know what the character. Yeah. His dad was in the MCU, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he does follow eventually. But yeah. I mean, what six nine? Like he, he's a big guy. Yeah, I mean he he's definitely you know this. I don't. This is not his biggest role. I don't think, but it it might be his best. You know, and and granted, we you know who knows how much more we're gonna see of him because again, there's only four episodes left of this show, which I can't believe. Like I keep saying that, but it's like there's so much that there's so much left to happen, and we're running out of real estate. We really are We're running out of space to talk about it. So, uh, the, the, the anyway, Scars have, but... have been, they've had a good 2023 because his brother is it Billy Scarsgard? He was in, um, he was in John Wick. He played the, the, the bad guy in John Wick. That's his brother. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The, the one main, of, one the, of them, yeah. Yeah. One of them was an it. Yeah. We get that. Brittany put that in the chat. Pennywise and it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. There's, there's like 10 scars guards. So they're just mm. all over the place. They're going to take over eventually. So that was fucking God damn. A lot of <laughs> shit. Getting after it. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if he was playing a lot of bitey, but he was playing something else. I'd never heard of bitey. I, I like when, when she's, when Shiv said that, I was like, I, what? Like, I like how Tom's like, no, like what, what does that mean? Oh, so so, yeah. so Texas Potter says he would have made a great Craven. Well, Craven is uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, which that footage for that movie, some of it came out last week from CinemaCon. I have not seen the footage. I don't. I don't know that it was released online, but mm. but Craven is rated R, so it's apparently the footage that was shown. A couple f bombs were dropped. Uh, pretty violent scenes. So again, this is a character in that Sony Spider-Man universe without Spider-Man, so we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't, know, how swing, I don't know how you swing it, man. Without a spy, I don't know how you swing a Spider-Man villain in a, in a Spider-Man Spidey universe without Spider-Man. That's going to be... Yeah. I don't know, man. Eventually, <laughs> eventually you got to have Spider-Man. You would think... I don't know who's, who their Spider-Man's going to be. I think it would make the most sense if like Tom Holland stayed with the MCU and Andrew Garfield came back. That would be kind of the perfect way to handle that but then there's madam webb that's coming out and apparently that but that's like a that's like set in the 90s so yeah there's a different spider-man in that movie like a different not even peter parker but a different spider-man so i don't know yeah we shall see we shall that's crazy but, uh, my, my yeah. girl being that miss any swing will be in uh madam webb yeah. i'm excited about that yeah my girl right there, man. Yeah, I think she would be great in succession. She's a little bit young though. I'm not sure what role she would play, but like like maybe if she was like Jerry's like daughter, that would work, right? She can be my my, my fiance. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Though I have her I have her I have her in age, but it's okay. She's legal. Yeah. It's cool. Well, we'll be talking about her, I'm sure, in the future. Cause she's again, she's in Madam Webb. 
there's a lot of Spider-Man stuff coming up. We've got a lot of other things to talk about, but uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're closing out succession Four more episodes. So uh, now that you know what we think about this episode, we want to know what you think about it. And you know, the best way you can do that is like, like Trisha's done, like Marcy, uh, like the McDorks did join us for our live chat. You know, the live chat experience that we offer here. We'd love to get your, your comments and your questions. Uh, but you know, if you're watching this on YouTube right now or later, do us a favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. You know, it really helps us out. And we really appreciate it. Uh, you know, also, you know, if you're not, maybe you're not into, uh, the video portion, we were also on the audio platforms. So check us out on Spotify. We're on uh, Google Podcasts or an Apple podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Listen to us there. And of course, we're on social media because everyone's on social media, right? So even though I think Twitter was down today, so whatever, fuck Twitter. Uh, but we are on Twitter, right? We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Follow us at, at Watchers Basement. And hey, if you if you you know if you if you comment on social media, which uh, you listen to me right now, you know I love social media. I'd love it more than anything. Use the hashtag hashtag Watchers Basement. That really helps us out. Also, we can uh, search for that and get your comments, your questions, and hopefully we can bring that stuff to to the show. But uh, anyway, that's all for our social media hype because love that. So so for Frank. This is Justin. We're signing off saying thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Have a good night. Bye-bye. And fuck Twitter. Fuck Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>